0: to Kashrus On The Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we have some very interesting topics to take up. We're going to be doing a a, a piece on Bishal very shortly. We're going to start with the 7-Eleven issues because there's some things that came up recently. And then we're going to be discussing uh, a lot of uh, the halachas regarding davening. So that's really, it's a mixture, but that's the way it is tonight. And if you'd like to take our numbers down, it'll save you some time later on trying to get through. So uh, we're not taking any calls yet, but you can write the number down, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And you can write down the text number. You can actually text us right now. we right here. We can see everything you're texting in, 347 927 8398. Again, to text 347 So at the end of the show last week uh, was raised a question that some people are saying about the seven eleven this and the seven eleven that. We're getting close to seven eleven. J- July 11th, they, uh, they give out free uh, Slurpees at the uh, 7 because it's seven eleven. So we're getting close to it, and we might as well mention briefly about this whole issue about the Slurpees. I just got an email today from Kosher Today, which is uh, informational mostly for the industry. It's, it's an interesting little piece that's put out by, by, by Lubacom or Ray Lubinsky. Anyway, in there, here's the I'm reading to you a few lines from it. Kosher Slurpees drive sales at 7-Eleven stores. You hear that word? Kosher Slurpees. And then where does it start out? Chicago, the 7-Eleven store at 2741 West Tui, includes a Slurpee machine that is kosher certified by the Chicago Rabbinical Council, the CRC. Do we have in Brooklyn a kosher certified Slurpee machine? No. But in Chicago, out of town, they have a kosher-certified Slurpee machine. It's driving the sales, of the, the kosher Slurpees are driving the sales. The week prior to Pesach, the store sold 700 Slurpees a day. But when the Tov st- when, when came, when it was Pesach, they only sold 100 Slurpees a day. So who do you think buying the other 600 Six on six times as much as the non-Jewish uh, clientele. Who's buying it? Obviously, people who are kosher and they can't eat. They can't. The slurpees is not kosher or so they they can't go in there then. And also, they're not going to buy other stuff in the store then. So this is what point number one: kosher certified slurpees. It brings in the business. But in Brooklyn, the kosher agencies were rebuffed. What do we need you for? The people are coming anyway, but not in Chicago, only in Brooklyn. We continue. Uh, They mentioned a lot of the uh, different flavors. (laughs) And, of course, I I think it is worth mentioning, even though it bothers me to talk about it, but one of the flavors that they're serving is Happy St. Valentine's Day Chicago Caramel Apple. But they don't want to write that, so they write on it, caramel apple. But we're right in the middle of a world of happy St. Valentine's Day. That's what this represents. Next, another point from this little uh, piece that came today. I'm quoting now from what he wrote. I, I It's he or she wrote, anyway. The kosher certified Slurpees are part of a growing kosher presence for the 7-Eleven stores. One manager said that the kosher Slurpees certainly help attract kosher customers, and encourages them to buy many other products that are kosher. Hear this? That means to say that when somebody goes into the store, well, one of the main reasons we want them to come into the store and to buy the Slurpees is to buy the other foods. Which means to say that when you take your kid into the store and you and you drag him in and you say let's have a slurpee or he sees you going in for something and he says you know he wants slurpees he heard about it so you give him the slurpees and you take it out to the car with him etc but next time you say you're busy you hear some money you'll go buy it in the store so already he's in the store by himself or with some friends and then there's other things to eat there are they all kosher certified absolutely not the people people are smart they understand drag him in. Get him in. Slurpee's a cheap product. Get him in the store, he'll buy other things too. And that's what happens. That's how it all begins. That The road down the hill it starts off with something that supposedly is kosher. But there are other things in the store, also attractive. In the store here in Brooklyn, I myself saw that they... I was only in there, I think, once. And I didn't buy anything. I just went to look at this thing. And I come in and I see that they have baked goods over there. And there's a name of a rabbi. I never heard of him. And so I wrote down the information, and I contacted him. And sure enough, he's a conservative rabbi. That's who is certifying the kosher products in the Brooklyn stores on Avenue J and who knows where else. So that's what we have. That's not what's in Chicago. That's what Brooklyn has. Now we'll go a step further. Last point. According from the article, some 7-Eleven stores have gone the extra mile, even serving Chol of Yisrael and Glatt Kosher products, including hot dogs. Well, obviously, out of town, there aren't as many places to eat things. So they, they made that shidduch, and that became like a sort of a, a kosher store for the, uh, for the people living out there in Chicago, or wherever this is that he's referring to about the Chol Yisrael and glad Kosher. But that's not what we have here. We don't have Chal Yisrael and Galak Kosher in the 7-Eleven. In the it's, not, it's not set up for Borough Park Flaposh. It's set up for Goyim, for non-Jewish people, people who accidentally are eating kosher, but they're not looking for it. So maybe it's time to rethink whether halachically you're allowed to, maybe. But who belongs there without a Hashgacha, Without a kosher Slurpee machine like they have in Chicago, without the the other kosher products, that, some protection on the products that we shouldn't be misled. We don't belong there anyway. That's just my point. because we wanted to make it make it very clear, and I think I did it again. Uh, and I'd like to go on to um, uh, to, to to mention about this Bishalachim uh, question. It's not new. And I'm not going to be able to really resolve it anyway. But I just got the call a few minutes before I came here. So I said, let me look into it and try to get a little more uh, uh, background on it. The question comes up for the Svardim, which, by the way, we should all be Svardim for this halakha, for Svardim, because this is the only way to be sure you're really getting a real Bishli Yisrael is you request Bishli Yisrael for Svardim. Because the Svardim have to have where where you put the food onto the fire the, the Jew turns it on, puts the food onto the fire, he does the work. He doesn't do like by well, the Ashkenazim, all we have to do is throw in a, a, a twig into the fire. All we have to do is a, a small, little, nothing of a, just as a sign that we are participating. We don't have to do a tremendous thing. So in the old days, I used to rely on the pilot lights, We're trying to get away from it. But you know when I, the things go out. I just reported to a rabbi, just... Uh, to an organization, it was not even a rabbi, it was a whole organization. They didn't like what I said. No, it was a rabbi, it was a rabbi, sorry, retract, it's a different call. It was a rabbi, and uh, somebody called me up. He said, Rabbi Wickler, I'm asking you a favor. I don't want to call him. You call him. <laughs> and what should I call about? He says, because I saw my own eyes that that the non-jewish person obviously non-jewish person that's the way he, you know he, he described the per, the person was obviously non-jewish was turning on the fire and there wasn't any pilot light on he had to ignite with some kind of special thing and it were going out and they did nothing no no one was concerned about it they were making eggs or something like that and i had to report it to the rabbi so the rabbi said to me why didn't he call me I said, because he didn't, he, he knows you in maybe the business, maybe uh, maybe are And anyway, he, he didn't, he just he felt he couldn't come to you. He felt you would not maybe think he was uh, being fair about it, or maybe thought you looked down at him, whatever it was. So he, he decided that he asked me to call. So I called, and the rabbi took it seriously. I don't know what happened in the end. So that's, that's when we don't have Bish Yisrael for and That's Vashkenazim. So when you have Bish Yisrael for Svadim, then the, then the mashkiyach has to be busy. He has to really do his job. And anybody can go into a, a restaurant. You don't, have to, you don't have to change your pronunciation of the Hebrew language. You can walk in. You don't have to claim that you're from the Sephardic kahila. You don't have to say which country you came from. All you have to say is, can I speak to the mashkiyach, please? And of course, they will give you the mashkiyach. You go into the kitchen, the mishkira comes out to you, and you say, I would like you to prepare the main course, because I really don't, I want Bish Yisrael for And that's all you have to say. You don't say, "I'm a Svardi? And this way, the mashkikh is standing there. He's putting the food on the fire, and hopefully, it's good enough fardi But for sure, you know, you got Bish Yisrael for Ashkenazim, because that's that. Without question, he's doing it properly. You know, he's doing it on something serious. Whereas, when the, it's when he's not doing anything, we just hope and pray that fires don't go out and go on instantaneously, miraculously go on again. So that's that. That's a really interesting, interesting issue. So. I I just want to mention the, the question comes up for the svardim: Can they rely on an Ashkenazic hashgacha? Because that means that they're going to be not doing bishul Yisrael the svardic way. So you know, this is a big question. Many, many, I know it's a very good question, and for many, 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 many years. There was no there was no other option for the Swardi because there was no Swarik Hashkahos at all. And you had to go with the Ashkenazim and the Rabbanim you know, acquiesced. It was sort of like a very big beginny avid. And there was nothing that could be done. Now there's a semblance of of, of, of effort. First of all, there were some Swarik Hashkachos. Many, Not too many, a little bit here and there. And also, some of the Ashkenazic organizations are catching on that they could make a little more extra money on the side by doing stuff for Sephardim. So the Star K did started doing it. I don't know how far it went, but Star K is doing it. They have a Star S. And for Pesach, a couple of organizations went for the Svardim, but that was more just to get kidneys in. They had the OK did it, and the, and the OU did it. But there is also an interest in doing work for Svardim for the rest of the year. How they would do that? The woman called me up, and she's talking to me about the French fries. She's worried about whether the French fries were done properly. I said, well, the French fries are a worse problem than you imagine, because French fries, when they come into the store, their frozen packages or whatever they buy them." That's already edible. They already did a bishel on on in, in, in the plant, and they hope and pray that they had bishel Yisrael in the plant. Maybe in that plant there was a a regular national or which may not, which may or may not be careful about that particular thing, feeling it isn't completely cooked, not completely cooked. But the kashrut, but the, the yeshivas had an organization or still have it called Six Thirteen, where they got special food from the government that was, according to their specifications, not with the BJE's regular level, but 613 meant all the chumras were thrown in. And one of the things that they, they were stood strongly about was this thing about the potatoes. Because when you buy those potatoes, even though you don't like them so much that way, it's pretty mushy when it comes out of the, and just, uh, you know, when you take it out of frozen and, and you let it sit for a while, it'll be kind of a mushy. It's not, it's not a good, good, good tasting uh, French fry. You, you want to finish it off, but it's cooked. It's not raw anymore. It's cooked. I mean, you can't have a raw potato, I'll tell you that but this is not a raw potato, this is a cooked potato and, it, and according to the halacha, the sheshivas and the, 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 the paskin they consider this to be bishel yisrael a bishel, bishel akum, if it came in from a plant where they didn't do a bishel yisrael, so the actual frozen french fries is even a bigger shiloh than what goes on in the store because if it's edible when it comes in then they didn't do anything in the store I think it's a, really a combination, and you have to say that you have to mock on both sides. But that's a very interesting question. Now, th- what does a, a Sephardi do? So, I can't answer. I'm not a Sephardic poet. Okay, I, I
1: tell you, as, as I, uh, <laughs> we investigate quite a yeah. few times, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm very proud to say that the Sephardi, the Sephardi somehow Get out of the shell right. and starting demand it. You know this is something that I know that if, if ten years ago I used to go to a restaurant, and I said I want to be sure Svadik. Oh, why, why? do you need it? Is, is it not enough? All this kind of right, uh, you right, know, right, uh, right, right. people that answer. But today they know exactly what is mean. Most of the restaurant and also a lot of Svadik as uh, uh, restaurant owners that began in, 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 involved with the restaurant, new right. restaurants. This is one about the, the the potato chips and stuff like this this is something that's called bishul mechona and i think that define it in a different issue is a machinery machinery bishul it's a total different that uh, and uh, you know and bishul like like in the restaurant that can be of the in the machinery uh, that it's a total, no end touching it no other people just they will light it fire that the jewish and basically is go ahead you know the machine doing the job so this is a little bit uh, a calot R- R-
0: Moshe feinstein uh, according to rbelski i didn't see it anywhere in writing other than for he- hearing it from rbelski uh, he said that Moshe feinstein held that there's a so there's such a thing as a uh, uh Uh, Just like there's a a concept of a a non-Jewish baker, and and that's called paspalter. It's not called bas Yisrael. So he said when there's specialized equipment in the there there is there is there's a shita that holds that the the, the, the non-Jewish cook in a factory, whatever it is, is also acceptable. That's the that's the shita from the marit saloon. But we don't pass in that way. But Ramosha did say. According to Rav Belsky, I didn't hear anywhere, that there, that uh, if a if it's a specialized equipment, and that's maybe where they agreed with Rabbi Yosef, and he agreed that if it's specialized equipment that you couldn't find in your house, and anybody's house, this kind of extreme equipment, that's what you call the machines, that would be taken away from Bishel akum, but that's not the that's not that's not accepted across the board. Maybe by the svarthem, year, but and maybe you know it's it's a the idea that the Rebelsky put in. But the OU is mocked on Bishel Israel and don't rely on that. And nobody uh, well, well, in the really no, 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 that. No, 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 no. Let me, let, let, me let me finish, please. So so the the Bishel, so 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 that is not going to be a heter. For, for us, that's not a heter That the machinery is is specialized, but but the, the the but the question comes up for the Svadi. Could he rely on an Ashkenazi psak? So uh, there, I found two sources. You could uh, you don't have to go with these sources. One of them said the following: that there's like a double. Doubt, suffix, like suf, 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 whatever yeah. you want to say. That we have, we have the fact that the that Ramor holds that you can rely on throwing something in. So that's one sheet. That's a suffix who makes it a a, a, a the in the in the Shulchan Aruch, Two different sheetas in the Shulchan Aruch, or in in, in the uh, tour. Anyone mentioned there, even if it's like few opinions, could be utilized for a Sveik Sveika. And the other concern is that uh, that, the, that there's a, a, the Rishon, some Rishonim hold that workers, that hired workers are not the same halachically as with the, uh, as, as uh, a person in his own house, like a your non-Jewish neighbor. That's real Bisholakim. So like I mentioned before, the Marit Saloon's idea. So there are some svardim like to utilize this as a spike I just read to you a, a few words from Rav Yitzchak Yosef Lito, who wrote in this Yalkut Yosef Hilchas Bishul He says he holds that the svardim srichim lahader l'chatkhila. L'chatkhila, they should be careful about it. You know, they try to be yotzei the real shittas of the, the svardim. But this is what he wrote: in, in, public, uh, in area. public areas, let's say a restaurant, or a simcha, he's invited to a bar mitzvah, or a, or a chasana, But Oifen Hanizka, he was talking about a case of where, at least the Jew with the mashkikh, is there watching and doing it, and participating, on his level, his Ashkenazic level, minimal level, but he's somehow involved with it, somebody comes from to be in a hotel in Eretz Israel and the hotel is this public place what's he going to do? where's his man going to go? he doesn't have a place to cook anything he can't get anything else he has to rely on what's over there so he says so that's what Rav Yosef Yitzchak Yosef is writing so we see that there are sources for that. I, I, I want you to see. I
1: want to see about the, the, the Bishul Mechonah. I didn't say that it's not, it must ever Israel opened the Mechonah. But let me ask you, for example, the tuna fish. You know, the tuna fish, Bishul Israel. You're coming to the manufacturer. Do you tell me that the, the Mashgiach is waiting until the tuna is cooked and holding the. the let, let, me, let me just let me tell you what happens. Yes. I'm going
0: to tell you tuna fish, but I don't I see one of the, I might not get to what I wanted to do today, but that doesn't matter. The, the tuna fish is like this. The, the, the national certifications, like the OU, so what, what they have, I can't talk about everybody else, but what they have is they don't have a mashkiach that is full-time, I mean, sorry, they don't have a mashkiach that is necessarily on the premises at all. There's a certain number of days a year that he's there. It's very far away. He goes home to his family. He's, he has some kind of regular schedule. And he he comes and stays there for a good bit of time and goes home for a good bit of time. And I don't remember the numbers of days, but it's certainly, I think it's less than half a year. But the point is, he's not there. There isn't a mashkiach on the premises. There is nobody t- turning on this and, the, and that. They don't need it because the OU has nine heteroen for tuna fish. I'm not going to discuss them all now, if you want to see them, you could, uh, you could find it in the Mesorah. The Mesorah is a, a booklet that the OU puts out in Halacha. If you want to contact Rabbi, Rabbi Ganak, he'll send you maybe a copy of, of his article on it. But there are nine different heterim that he has. And the most recent one was the fact that everybody today is eating sushi. I'm not, not me personally, but everybody today is eating sushi, and because they're eating sushi, that's raw. So therefore, raw fish is edible, and therefore, if it's, if it's if it is edible, then there's no bishul. So he has nine different criteria, including the method it's used. So he doesn't need. And for the OU's position on on fish. Finding the simonum to make sure that they're kosher fish, they're relying on other methods to be sure that they're only kosher fish. Yeah, but they don't have a man there. Watching no, but the my shepherd. question
1: okay, so, so why first so of all, on except the can and the can written Bishul Israel. No, no, so, let, so let what do me, you so mean? So Bishul, me finish, yes, me yes,
0: so that's all year, yes, but for Pesach, they have a mashgir, temidi, and Bishul Israel because their mashkiach is there already, so they make a beach Whether it's Fatim or not, I don't think so. I, he told me he's not, doesn't do Svadim. One second. So he's there for the Pesach run, there's a mashkiach there the whole time, because that is a principle the OU has, that for Pesach, if at all possible, they require mashkiach meet for Pesach. Bisha Yisrael, since he's there already, they started doing it for some of the companies, asked them to do it. The Shop Rights did it, I think it was, and, uh, and Season was the first company, I think, that asked them to do it. So they finally started doing Bisha Yisrael. And so they had Mashkir to meet the Bisha Yisrael, and many people buy that tuna fish and use it all year. And I, you know, I can't tell you any more details because I never was close enough to find out, but that's definitely what their situation is. Now, for Svardim, it's like this. As I was told by the Mashkiach. The the rabbanut in Eretz Israel has very strict standards. They don't take anything into the country. They don't let. They don't allow you to use anything. They won't take in their stores anything which didn't have an eshur from the rabbanut, a permission, an authorization, an approval from the rabbanut. Even if the rabbanut doesn't give a they have to prove it to prove it, they don't just give a little check on the thing and make a telephone call. They go there, they're there either for the production or to see how the production is done, and set it up according to a certain standards, and that those standards have to be met, or the issuere is off, and so many times they drop the esure. So it really is a real thing. Now what they do? because Israel is mostly Sephardim, It's still, still rove, I think. so with they, so they, uh, Israel, they require. Bisha Yisrael for Svadim, for the tuna fish that comes from from uh, bumble, from Starkist, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to Eretz Israel, that Starkist tuna in Eretz Yisrael is Bisha Yisrael for Svadim. In America, it isn't Bisha Yisrael for Svadim, even the Pesach run. But in Eretz Israel, it is Bisha Yisrael for Svadim, the Starkist, that is imported with the OU and the Yishu of the Rabbanut. So it's a completely different yeah. standard. And they actually, you know push the thing inside, make sure that it that they push it on to the... It, it, it's, it's a little different. It's a retort. That's... But they push it into the room, and they're doing whatever uh, uh, the svadom would require.
1: Yeah, because I, I know that many manufacturers, like, for example, the potato chips and stuff like this, you don't have any, any end to touch it, you know? It's basically that it's everything automatically Nothing, you know, nothing is... with the washing From the washing status, as the peeling and the cutting and slicing it or go to the uh, a dryer area and go to the the oven start it or to the, you know put it in the, in the oil or what kind of system nothing touching it up the only thing that the mashgiach is over there basically lift up the switch of the of the eaters you know that's the right. only thing you know it cannot do it cannot participate on like turning up the down uh, up and down the steak or, or the the egg you know this is something that this is what a tear, of Bishul Mechona, that it's it's a different uh, rules on on, on in, in the games.
0: Okay, but again that that's not okay, that. Again, this, b- is, b- yeah. B- yeah. B- okay, again this is. If you, anybody wants to call in now. We'll accept your calls, even though I didn't do my topic about Tefila, which i prepared a whole piece over here. If we get part of it, they're fine. If not, whatever. Uh, let me just mention a word about our sponsor. You can reach us on the phone at 718-683-5858. Any topic you're interested in, 718 Just a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. You know, uh, at at they, uh, we think of Glotmart, We think of price, convenience, service, and quality. Whether you shop a few items or for a full wagon load, you know at shop You can save plenty of I'm, I'm shop right. you can save plenty of money by shopping over there. And at Glotmart you'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glatfors from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all the special items that you purchase in the store. I don't have the next week's. Uh, I mean, the end of the week's. Uh, Products but I do have today and tomorrow. Some of the items on sale are Schindler's breaded flounder, three forty-nine a pound, or a pound. I mean, whatever the package is, three forty-nine. Lieber's corn chips, eleven ounces, one twenty-nine. Freund's gefilte fish, twenty ounces, five dollars and thirty-nine cents. Family pack chuck ground beef, four forty-nine a pound. Family pack filet steak. 9 uh, 9.99 a pound, and veal spare ribs, 7 a pound. Those are items on sale today and tomorrow at, at uh, glottmart And at glottmart the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star-K and the kashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats, and with expert Nikur. At glottmart you're getting quality kashas. glottmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dovin Glottmart, tell them you heard about Glottmart on Conscious on the Air over J Root Radio. Okay, we have a caller?
1: Uh, we have a caller also. Okay. We have some text. Okay. Okay, we'll take go that
0: answer. Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hello? I don't think they're there.
1: Hello? I... Hello? Yes, hello. Yes, go ahead, you're on the air. Right. Okay, Rabbi Wickler. it's not about Bichel, but I wanted to know, how does one check pineapple for the mites, and how is uh, a c- canned pineapple affected by the, the,
0: the issue of the, mites? We don't check. For mites, if if you if you could check for mites, I could get your job as a mashkiha and you can earn 35 uh, thirty-five to fifty dollars an hour. You cannot see the mites. You're, you're, you're having difficulty. Where they, you, you would have to spend time, and you're looking, and you're stretching, and nobody does that. Nobody uh-huh. looks for mites. They're too. They're very tiny. Some organizations don't even think mites are an issue. Uh, many of the organizations consider mites to be the real big problem today. And I, and I can tell you that the Star K put out the same alerts about the pineapple as everybody else. So they they take this matter seriously. So, But, but uh, let's just uh, answer your question. We don't look for the mites. We make sure we don't find them, we don't, that we get them out of there. So all you have to do is remove the outside completely. And then those, what happens is when you cut off the outside, the, the first layer, uh, invariably there are these little points right. with, at which are yeah, like brown. Yeah, so all whatever. You do is cut them out. All you do is cut them out.
1: Uh, but we don't know ha- it, whether they've gone into the plant. No,
0: they out. didn't go in there. But that, it, the, this is... No one in, makes that claim whatsoever. No one ever said that. A mite doesn't... That's not what a mite does. Uh-huh. Some, there, in other words, there are worms and there are, there are different types of uh, insects that go inside. This <coughs> is not an insect that goes inside.
1: Okay, and now how do we deal with Canned pineapple so the canned
0: pineapple is just the same thing you 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 eat it, enjoy it if you just happen to see the little these little things where they weren't removed, so cut it off mm-hmm. you have to be choshish uh, that there's in the liquid and this and that I, I i don't know if you have to go that far but I don't think that they leave that much of that on because people don't like it so
1: uh, it's, so, the, so if there's a hashka on it, we're
0: okay with the with uh, the uh, canned I would, pineapple I would definitely say yes. Okay, but not I'd, because, but not because of the, the the bugs, because of whatever other issues there are with kashrus. But the bug thing, the 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 kashrus agencies can't do more than what we just told you. They take the outside off and they just hope and pray everything's good.
1: Uh-huh. okay. I don't Thank think they you very
0: much. Okay, have a good day. Yeah, you.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. We just want to put play some small uh, tonight in our terrace for women only. Be inspired on the first yard site of the Sassoon children, the tragedy that shook us all, with a video presentation featuring Rabbi David Ozeri, the Novomitski Rebbe, Rabbi Pesach Krohn, Rabbi Shlomo Diamond, Rabbi Avraham Shore, and Mrs. Gail Sassoon herself. Doors will open tonight at 7.30. Presentation will start at 8.15 sharp at Atarash Chinka, 129 Elmwood Avenue. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity you don't want to miss. Suggested donation, $18. Okay. Okay, we are back. We have another another phone call.
0: Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, please. You're unconscious on the air. Hi. Yeah.
1: Um. Thank you for taking my call. I was wondering if um maybe like the slurp issue could be printed on paper that we could give it to the yeshivas for them to print out and give to the the Wait, students because
0: the, what the Seven Eleven thing?
1: Yeah. I'll I think you, they need to see it
0: I, I on got, black
1: I, on white. You don't have to. And get, it should be spoken about in school. This way, it won't be, no, I heard, and, and they must say, we had you here, explain it to me. And, like, it's very hard to re- repeat so many facts and, no, I, um, I, I'll and details. You,
0: I'll tell you, if you want, it's already really done. I have it. The thing is that I'm scared to print it. <laughs> in my magazine, because my magazine goes all across the the world, and it goes all across America.
1: Okay, and we just need it for Brooklyn. I know. It's a I know. Brooklyn issue. So I have if we have it, it for the Brooklyn school, you just have to it'll e- be something that's out there. You it's just all, email me. You know, me. black on white. And okay, you got it.
0: You'll have it. Just email me, kashrus at AOL.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com, and I will send you what I have. I have actually... A few pieces, but the one is is pretty good. I, but after today, I might redo it. So, you, but you you could get a whole piece it, written for me, like a letter from me, you know, stressing this whole idea. It's written just for Brooklyn people because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, confuse people out of town. As as Rabbi Fishbane said, he said, out of town, the Seven Eleven is like you know, uh, the, the, the 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 almost the, in some places the only Jewish place you can get kosher product, you know, other than, you know, in a supermarket.
1: Right. place you can I think, I think if, if possible, if it could be just very... You know, concise and clear, it, you know, very... Listen,
0: if you have a complaint afterwards, I'll, you call me back on the radio and, and tell me. I didn't like what you sent me. I have it already. Just send it. Okay, perfect. Or send me perfect. the kashmas at AOL.com okay. and I'll send... Thank I break, you. I, I, I didn't do this for myself. Uh, some, right. other woman, some other woman contacted me. She wanted to have it for the school. She asked specifically for a school she teaches in. Right. She wants to get the point across... And she was very, very uh, concerned about it. And she asked me to put something together. So I put it together and I sent it to her. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to anybody, doesn't Perfect. No problem at all. I think I want to be clear. I want to Thank be clear,
1: clear that yes. J Root, Root Radio in the last five years pushing uh, uh, this issue. <laughs> and I am so uh, disappointed that because for our behavior, you know, just people going inside. To other stores also that nobody uh, nobody said Ercher and and, and uh, unfortunately so many actually around us we don't see what is real okay we have another caller okay, can i help you Hello? uh yes i
0: want to know what the story with um you
1: products that have grape juice in them is it a problem um to use them
0: i am sorry I didn't hear the first word what pro what kind of products
1: OU like handy. First candy? of all,
0: first of all, that's not something we could talk about on the radio. We don't we don't put down or choose the best of the different Hakos. That's not something for this radio station. That's something that a person has to work through themselves. They have to decide what their standard of Kashrus is. There isn't one standard. Can we rely on the OU? I mean the OU is no, like no, two just thirds.
1: the greeters. I was wondering if the greeters is the problem. Just with, one second. Uh, let me let me, yeah, let, me, yes.
0: let, me give, let me give you a perspe- yes. perspective. The OU is maybe two two thirds of cashless in the world. Is uh, is OU nine hundred thousand products. Do you hear that number? 900,000 products the OU claims to have hashkacha to. So we're not talking about uh, uh, little people. Then every hashkacha that you know, that you rely on, you think is Hamish and from. Those, those people have to use OU products. So actually, everybody deals with the OU. Now, whether they're satisfied with that or they want a different standard, that's something that as a personal decision that every Jew has to make on their own, and they can discuss it with their own Rav, they can discuss it with a vada kashrus. they can discuss it with somebody that they know in the kashrus field, but there's no way for any human being to tell any other human being that we, meaning the whole world, do this, or we do that. There is no we. Everybody is different. You go into a base medrash here in Flatbush, uh, your big yeshiva, I could name the names of the big yeshivas, and you take a little uh, pole. Which hashkoches do you rely on? Which hashkoches do you rely on? Which hashkoches do you rely on? I'm telling you, it will look like the uh, Republican uh, the, uh, Party looked and with all the, the people trying to run. There's, there's, there's so many people with different ideas. There isn't any way for us to come up with... Exactly I, I was just asking
1: specifically about the Greece of Yaya okay, So Nessar. now oh, let
0: me say, doesn't exist today. The Ramar, in the six, 1500s, says we don't have Yayin Nesach. We only have today what we call Stam which means Goyim touched it. That's called Stam or poured it, actually. Yeah. But, but we don't have uh, Yayin Nesach anymore today because they don't know how to do Avodah Zorah properly. It's Minah Gavoseyem That's what the Ramar said. So, the, But the, the question you're asking is, how, uh, how does a, a national organization deal with, the, with, with grape juice and wine? Are they doing a proper job? So first of all, you mix two things together there. One was something like the, it had the grape in the candies. That isn't even grape juice. With the grape in the candies, is a grape flavor. It doesn't come from grapes. The grape flavor probably comes from 50 items that have nothing to do with grape. So that's out of the picture. Now the grape juice, the OU does whatever the OU does for their uh, their other uh, their other uh, uh, the hashgachas on, on wine and on grape juice. There are hundreds of wines, and everybody uh, you know the people are using their wines, and they're buying the grape juices that they have. Many of the many of them have an OU. So the OU is doing whatever they're doing for the it's a candy or this or that they're putting the same grape juice in. Are there issues with grape juice and wine that that there are different levels? Yes, there are definitely different levels in Kashrus. There there are definitely things that could be done stronger and things that are done being done weaker. So, but that decision. Is not something that's for our radio show, and that's really something that's of a very personal nature. Ah, uh, how could anybody know anything? You people are all not doing kashwas all day long. Even I don't do kashwas all day long. But the, the answer is you have to tie into people just like I do, and you tie into the right people, and you'll be able to direct yourself according to the way you want to go. A real good rub is not gonna tell you to do what he does. A real good rub is gonna tell you what you <coughs> should be doing. And that's and that's what happens to be in this situation, too. Okay? I hope I helped you. You there? No, she's not there. Okay. okay. Uh, you, oh, you're, you're on the air. Go ahead, please.
1: Yes, but Rabbi uh, Wickler, isn't yes. there usually when the button, uh, it's under the OU, the OU gives a supervision on the wine and grapes, and it's probably Mavushal anyway. So would there be a problem with that?
0: Well, hold on one second. Mavushal, you see, you're, you're looking at it from the point of view of Mavushal, right? But what happens you know, what happens Companies in the making a
1: product under OU supervision, the OU is is on top of them. They tell them you could use this and you can use that. You can't use this and you can't use that. Of
0: not, course. But this what this lady is saying, see, let me let me explain something to you. There are in anything, whether it's cashras or I don't know. Scuba diving, I suppose. Anything in the world you think about, there's, there's this way and that way. There's, there's, there's more muhuder, there's, there's more there's more accurate, there's more, you know, there's different levels. There, there are levels in wine, too. I'll give you the first example. There's the first example. How do, who takes the, the grapes in the forklift and put them into the, the wine press when it, drop them down in? Who does have that? To which, so you have to
1: know which company you're dealing with. So most
0: of, the, most of the wines are done by Goyim, even though they have Hashgah. Wait,
1: wait, wait. I have to make an exception. I know the Kedem co- co- company I'm has all the input. I'm telling
0: you, that's the next line. Kedem isn't that way. Kedem does actually have Jews in every part of the operation. And, right. they, and, they, and they definitely have a Jew putting the grapes in, lifting it up with a forklift and throwing it in. But that, doesn't, but that isn't something that is uh, universally done. So then you have to ask the very first question, is that an issue? So some will say it's not an issue because you're not intending to make any wine. But the fact is you break the grapes open and you're putting it in in that process, even lowering it down, it, 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 the juices are starting to come out. And so some people hold that it's a question of, of the beginning of the making of the wine. So again, these are issues. It's endless. Therefore, uh, so to die, she, you saw her today, the decide here today is called the Cashew's Company in her, that's all. No, She's you so you're, concerned, you're not, right? Can, is that the correct answer? The, no, you again. Uh, you, what are you going to ask the Cashew's organization?
1: Wh- you, where are you getting your
0: wine or grape juice from? But, but that doesn't all. but that doesn't answer the question. It's going to come in with a certification, right? But Aye. the question is what were the standards involved in that? So that's what she wants uh, to yeah. know. What were I the standards okay. involved in making Aye. that? And and the answer is the OU standards, and right. and if somebody has a different standard, that's their decision, and but, they want right. That's, that's
1: that. just like every not just playing with wine. That's with every product.
0: Absolutely, but <laughs> the, the but the, the problem with wine. Listen to the story. Listen, explain to you. How do you make wine? In a, you, you're going there into a non-kosher setting. You know most of the things that we make in terms of food. Start out with ingredients that are checked, put in the you know in the in the mix over there, all and right. we come out with a f- finished product that's kosher. The whole plant is kosher from A to Z. When you go into a wine f- factory, what you're doing is you're going into the into a a, a place where they make a, a you know where where they make uh, non-kosher wines all the time, and you're going in doing a special run. There are very few companies that are making kosher wine all day long. Most of them are are doing special runs for the kosher company. So how do they do that? They have a lot of goyim in the place. And they bring in a couple of mashkichim. And they have to hope that those mashkichim, A, know what they're doing, and B, are enough to be able to handle it. It's not the kosher production that's done by a, a company that's completely kosher. It's being done by a company in a non-kosher facility. So there you need you need a strong strong control. And everybody's going to decide what level of strength you have. Let's say, for example, I go to the Manhattan and I'm going to make a wedding in a hotel. And I go in and I bring four mashkichim. Four mashkichim. Right. That sounds very good. But everybody knows it depends which hotel. Right. Because some of the hotels need 8 mashkichim or more because every single uh, t- you need every table, single time somebody goes into the elevator to bring the food from the ballroom so the kitchen up to the ballroom he needs to be supervised because there's non-kosher going on at the same time so when the ballroom enters into the uh, the kitchen, enters from the kitchen into the ballroom directly. So that's you don't need an extra gear, Just they're going to walk through the doors. But if you need to send them upstairs, you need to watch them. So this is the, it, it, this is the beginning of everything in Kashmir. How much hashkoch is enough? I don't know. Everybody has to make the decision. Absolutely. So, so there, okay. there you need direction. But the direction is for you, not for, for everybody. 100%. That's it. Okay. Okay, thank you. Take good care. I see. We have another call? No. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to start this. I don't think I'm going to finish this. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I'm tempted to start it. I, I, I wanted to talk about something which I think affects everybody, but everyone is affected differently. And that is davening. So I had... Ten Commandments of Tefillah. <laughs> I was going to try to create ten things about Tefillah that, that we should think about. And I, I'm going to do part of them now. I won't finish all ten. Number one, we're not, first all, not talking about Kavona and Davening. And I, I'm not going to go into that. I'm not talking about cell phones. That's a world into itself. i that's not, not for today. I want to talk about specific halachas. So for the man, like some of these are for the men, some for the women too. So for the man... The first responsibility, I think, is to make sure his tefillin it gets it tefillin on straight. A lot of people, I, I mean, I fix people's tefillin almost every day. That's, that's a stick of mine. I see people and I see something and I just zero in on it. I, it's hard for me with the davening, but I gotta do it because I, the guy's gonna leave, and it's gonna his, his filling are not up to shape. He, does, he doesn't go in every six months and have a, a tfillin check. So if he passes me, that's his tfillin check. <laughs> anyway, so what do you have to do? The man has to make sure that the tfillin don't go below the hairline, even a, a who below the hairline. Now the problem is some people's hairline has receded. So you have to be now a historian. Where was your hairline? But if you, if you don't have, and also it's hard when you're looking, the filling yourself, even in a mirror, it's hard to see it. If the person across from you can see it better. But it has to be that your filling. don't go below the hairline. And I tell you that many, 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 many people do go below the hairline. Another thing is that you need a mirror to look at it. If a person doesn't have a mirror, he's going with this thing with the fingers. He sticks his fingers up. His fingers are going up, but they're going perfectly straight. How do you know? So you, I've seen people that they look like they're for the they're taking the tefillin off, but that's that's the that's what they think the tefillin is on. So definitely, your person should go and either use a mirror. Or there's something in shore which has a little bit of metal and a little bit of glass, and you'll be able to see behind it. you stand and look at it. Do it if you don't like to carry a mirror, so you can look at this thing, and you'll be able to figure out how your filling is. And if you don't do that, and you don't have a the mirror, then just ask the person near you. Just show like, motion to him. Am I filling on straight? And they'll tell you, and that's fine. Now, another thing to make sure the straps aren't turned over. A lot of times the straps are not on right. You have the right. I'm talking about the tefillin Roche A lot of times it's turned upside down. Or the right one is coming out the left side. <laughs> the left one's coming out the right side. You know what I'm talking about, right? So that so another thing not to talk with the tefillin on. It's very important. You've got to control your behavior with the tefillin on. And, and uh, Another thing also I noticed people today a couple times recently that they... they they put the tefillin on the arm, instead of on the muscle, they put it on the side of the muscle. In other words, we every everybody seems to know that the tefillin should face your heart, but if you have the tefillin actually facing your heart, then it's not on the muscle. It's supposed to be on top of the muscle. What the It says in halacha is it should lean slightly towards the heart. But it doesn't have to face it exactly. That's putting it on the wrong place. And I've had to correct many people with that over the time. Um, Now, another thing is that's number one about the film. Number two. Number two is really should be number one in everybody's life. You have to daven with a minion. It's very 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 important. Shimon Esrei with a minion, that's main thing about davening, I'm going to read to you from two very important sources: from the Mechaber, from the from Yosef Karo, and from the Mishnah Brura. If we do that, at least we we'll be, will be have accomplished something today. In the in the uh, Mechaber, it says the following: This is in Simin Sadi Test. Yishtadel Odom. A person should try very hard. Lis palil be'beis ha'knesses. The daven in a shul im ha'tzibur with the minion. The imhu anus. If he's not able to do it, she'ena yachol avol be'beis ha'knesses. He can't make it to the shul. At least yechavein lis Bishasha b'shasha atzibah mispalim. He should daven at the time when the tefillah, when the uh, the people are davening in shul, and at least that's called tefillah. It's a, it's not the same as davening with the in a minion, but it's also very important. If a person is sick in the house, or he can't make it for some reason. Definitely, he should. That's what he should try to do. Every uh, you know, if you could figure out, we know when the, the davening start in the shuls. Each one, each one has the point of times, and you can figure out approximately where Shmon Esri is and try to daven Shimon Esri at that time. It's it's extremely important. Uh, the Lashon of the Mishnah brura which is in simon Base, is the davening with a minion is considered to be accepted by a Kaddish this is the this is what the optimum so it says it says that um, we don't have time for any more calls right now but they'll call back other, another time, I'm sorry. They want to uh, contact me at 718 336 8544, or you can e- email us at kasha But I'm trying to finish this topic over here. So, what does it mean to daven with a tzibur? The Mishnah brewer brings some amazing things over here, back in Simen Sadi, That's Mishnah brewer Chav Ches. Why is it important to daven with a minion? Hashem is not turned off by a tzibur. And this is the key words. Even if among the tzibur are people who are sinners, you shouldn't stop from davening with them. That's one of the big complaints we hear. I don't want to dab with those people. I don't like it over there. I can't stand it over there. You know, it's hard to concentrate, this and that. No, no, no. Daven with the minion. Next words of the Mishnah Brewer. Listen to this one. Kasvu the Emiyash base shall roiv, a and it, it's a ro bilbil of a person a, has a shul with a lot of people. It's a lot of noise and confusion. You can't hear anything over there. That you should daven at home with 10 Jews, with a minion. You don't skip a minion. You don't skip a minyan. You're not davening in shul because it's a crazy house over there. Not shul, but you need a minyan. That's olive base. With be Let's say davening in shul alone, completely alone. With base basar, you can daven in your house with ten Jews. What do you do? Daven in shul with where the the place where everybody else daven's, but you're going to be alone because they finished already, or you're going to daven at home with ten people. So what's the halacha? It says it's Adif. Uh, it's better to daven with the, the, the ten people. Davening with the. Uh, no, I think I'm saying it wrong here. Basically, that's the Adif. He says to daven with the minion, but but it, it means davening in the shul. Okay. So he says, but even even if um, you would hear, Sh- Sh- uh, Kaddish and Baruchu, but it's better that the Prima Gadem says it's better to daven in the in the place of a shul, okay? But not Tzfilas at What Tzfilah What does it mean? It's a daven with ten people, and not just that. There's ten people. It 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 means it, it means that it's Shmon Esti with ten people, and he says very strong words. He says, Not like the masses of people think that the main part of davening is to hear Kaddish and Kaddush and Baruchu. They only care if there's 10 Jews standing in the shul. They don't care as long as they're davening with 10 Jews in the shul. That's a big mistake. That's a mistake. It's brought from the Chayodam. you got to get the shul and catch the minion. Now, in catching the minion, there's a whole topic. I don't know if i get into it tonight. It's, a, it, it's a, a very interesting one, now, it, and, and he goes further here, he says that, uh, he brings down that even loss of money is not a, an excuse for not davening, and also learning Torah is also not an excuse for not davening with a minion. He has a whole piece on it, I don't have time to go through it now, in Koftes, very interesting about people who lost money in order to be able to... Diving with a minion, and this—I I remember a story not so long ago, where people, you know, were spending an exorbitant amount of money in a ca- taxi cab to catch a minion. It's a—it's a beautiful thing, and people have to uh, appreciate what that really represents. Anyway, another question, and I think this is uh, maybe, if we get to this one, maybe that'll be as far as we're going to make it today, and that is. At the halacha is. To daven with a minion, you can skip party at Felis. You can skip uh, at night. You're you're able to skip the bracha Baruch Hashem Le'olom To catch a minion, you, you skip the last bracha at night. The, the, the Baruch Hashem Le'olom Amen. If you need to skip it, even if you always say it, some people don't always say it at all. But if you do say it, you can still skip it to daven to start Shemone Esrei with a minion. Just a daven with it, even start it with a minion. Another thing, um, women, when they daven, they daven in a, a different room. They're, I think, upstairs in the, in the, in the balcony, or if they have a mechitza, a mechitza but if very often it's in the balcony. But it's a question whether that's considered davening with the minion, because it's, uh, it's, it, you're davening when the minion is davening, but it's a question whether they're davening with the minion. And you should know that if a person is in a shul, and he can't get into the room where they're davening, but he's davening in the hall. It's a question whether that's called to feel Now, to catch the minion, to catch the, the 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 minion, you're allowed to skip. You can skip everything. Like uh, if you you can skip. Uh, uh, it's Shulchan it tells you what you can skip. Let's say in the morning you could skip. All fourteen brachas, the long list of fourteen brachas, you have to say but you could skip the fourteen brachas and say them later on after the, after the davening. My Rebbe said to say the first one, the last one, because that's about waking up in the morning. He felt to make sure to try to say those first. But otherwise, you could skip that. You could skip all pasukim of Zimra except Baruch Shemar Ashra, and yishtabach. and that's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Why are you skipping this? To daven with a minion. That's how important davening with a minion is. So these are just a few ideas, and, I, and that's as far as we can get today. So sometime we'll continue it, if next week or another time. I just want to share with you that we reached, uh, we finally put out the uh, the summer issue of Kasha's magazine, which is our kosher travel guide. And believe it or not, we have 343 cities. It's discussed in the magazine all across the United States. in all 50 states this is the only annual uh, jewish travel guide that in existence and the the only annual one for america for sure so i i suggest that everybody get a copy you can get a subscription we're going to give away a free copy of the of this when you get a subscription which means you get a full year of the magazine and you get this copy which is a nine dollar item you get a free if you subscribe now and say J-Root, call us on the phone, or email us and say J-Root, and we'll give you the extra issue, the $9 uh, issue of the kosher supervision guide absolutely free. In, and if you uh, decide, well, you, you pay now, and then if any time you decide before we mail the September issue, you have your, we send your money back. Very few people ever request their money back, and if they do, fine. And then, and either way, you're going to get it free. So you get it free as an add-on, or if you decide you don't want the magazine subscription, you can cancel. So call us, 718-336-8544. Leave your number, 718-336-8544. Or email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Again, kashrus at AOL.com. K-A-S-H-R-U-S-A-O-L.com or call us, 718-336-8544 to get your subscription and your free copy of the Kosher Travel Guide, which is going to be mailed in Mitzvah Shem next week. So all of our listeners who are expecting their copy, it's going to come very soon. It's being printed as I talk, and hopefully in the next day or so we'll be back and be able to mail. Thank you very much for listening to Kashrus on the Air. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler.